views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is so great to be connecting with all of you today on the show for a lot of reasons. You know, as a follow-up to the previous hour that you guys were listening to, I want to just talk about the power of yes. I want to talk a little bit about crust-busting for a moment. And welcome to the first of our, what do we want to call it, Benny, our reactivation of crust busting. Why don't we just say rebust that crust? Rebust the crust, there, baby. Rebust the crust. All right, go with it. That's what we're doing. So today, for the first uh, segment of the show, first half hour, we want to tell you what rebust the crust is all about. And those of you out there that have been listening for a really long time, and you know, Benny, you know what did it for me was yesterday when Jay from Canada called in, right? Right. It was good to hear him from him again. Oh, my gosh. I found the clip. Oh, you did? Great. I found the clip of when he called in that day and asked that question. And it reminded me of what it is that I really get excited about in working with the listeners. So, Susie, thank you for sending us what you did, sending it to me personally. I keep it on my desk in my office. Thank you for the fabulous gift. Um, And... I know that the listeners have been out there for 15 years listening. And so in return, we're going to be bringing back our crust-busting hour. And that crust-busting hour, Benny, is going to be the way old school. We're going to be opening up phone lines. We're going to be doing readings. I'm going to be doing live on-air crust-busting coaching to get you to move from wherever you are to where you're going to go. And we're going to be able to help everybody out there in uh, the way of following up with you personally, sending you crust-busting messages, all from our new and renewed crust-busting website. So crust-busting is back. It's back. Didn't really go away, but it's back. Um, We are also going to be uh, looking at ways to engage all of you so that you too can nominate people for the crust-busting awards that we did uh, once upon a time and have given to so many people. So there's just a lot that we're planning for this year. And if you listen to the show I did yesterday with Claire Candy Huff, and then you listen to Claire Candy this morning, one of the things that you're going to hear 
is that this is the year of yes. Y-E-S. It is the year of yes. Uh, I get to work with a woman, Barbara Scheidegger, who you all are going to meet here, who just is energizing what we're calling dynamic Swiss hypnotherapy. And one of the things we learn about that is that yes, I can, and the nature of yes, I can is everywhere. And Benny, let's talk about the Olympics for a minute. All right, go for it. I'm watching the Olympics Mm -hmm. because, you know, you're an athlete. I'm an athlete. We love to see people. Former. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Former. Let's get that clear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we love to see people succeed and achieve. So there's this commercial, right, that comes on. Maybe I'm watching the, the BBC channel, but there's a commercial that comes on. And it's a teacher at the board. And she writes the word can, C-A-N. And then she, ta- she goes, can, can't. But the entire commercial is visualized with people moving through their lives, struggles. You know, people that perhaps lost a leg or people that perhaps didn't have a leg or just athletes in general, people in general, stepping into the can of their lives. That's the message for this year. It's perfect. It, don't you think it's cool? Yeah. What's the number one thing in the crust-busting vernacular that you have to make an agreement with in your life right now, all y'all out there? This is it. If you do nothing else, don't take a class. I'm not here to sell you anything. There's no pitch. This is the number one crust-busting thing. Do you know what it is, Benny? I knew you were going to call me out. Just bust that crust. I know that. Bust it. Bust that crust. All right. You're absolutely right. But you have to be willing from this day forward to eliminate excuses. Oh, that's the other one. I was close. Eliminate the excuses. You know, I was on the phone with somebody the other day, somebody that I've been mentoring, and for 20 minutes, All I heard were excuses. Everything from, uh, you know, it it snowed in eastern Washington to the car breaking down, you know, to my hair not not working out right. And I was so convinced for a moment. I was so convinced and believing. I was believing for just a moment that, yeah, yeah. Maybe she's not able to do that because she's got a list longer than Clay Matthews' hair. Clay that's Matthews. A, that's a pretty long, long that's list. That's a football. I'm yeah, sorry. People may list, not yeah. know. Who, who is that guy? Uh, yeah. he's, he plays Green Bay. for Green Bay Packers. He yeah. has the yeah. golden locks. You can't, you can't golden miss him. Golden locks. You can't miss him. Yeah, longer than Most, the hair yeah. that Sean White used to have that he doesn't have anymore. Right. Number one, are you all all in? I'm going to be posting this on Facebook, and I'm going to be taking a poll. Are you all in? All in. All in no matter what. No excuses. Call me, 1-800-930-2819. If you're thinking, I need some help with this, Pat. No excuses. But the buck has got 
that's a B, that was a B, don't hit the button, the buck, has got to stop here, Benny. So if me, I'm not going to set an example. If our network is not going to set an example of no excuses, if everybody on our team is not going to set an example, then forget about it. Forget about it. Forget about it. There's no bada being a bada bang in the way of excuses. So you might as well forget about it. And here's why I know this. Most of my early years in life, I learned that no matter what deck of cards I've been dealt, no matter what job I've got fired from, been fired from all of them, no matter what pay raise I think I didn't get, no matter what relationship I thought I should have had that I didn't have, no matter what person, place, or thing that I thought that I was entitled to have a big fat something from them, and any excuse associated with that that I had then and that I carry forth today will choke the life. It will choke the living life out of abundance and success. What do you think about that for a crust-busting message for today? Oh, it's perfect. Yeah. So I want you to... It, it, okay, so here's where most of you are thinking, what the heck is this woman going to say now? I am not... The, the type of coach you work with, generally speaking, if you want me to kind of sit with you and, and just commiserate about your life, I'm not that person. I'm the person that works with you if you want to enact your dream now. I'm the person that will work with you if you stand in your yes and watch the miracle happen in the very next second and minute, Benny. Because the times that we're living in now, the moments that we're living in now, the acceleration of time and speed and manifestation. I mean, think about it. A woman on a plane takes a video of another woman who is complaining about the baby who happens to be making some noise, decides to take a viral video of that and then posts it and says, I didn't know it was going to go viral, right? And the woman that was complaining about the baby, right? I don't think she was cussing. I, I don't, I, you know, uh, ends up being removed from the arts, being really scrutinized about her job, all of the above. And you can't take that video back. Now, am I saying that the woman sitting on the plane had a right to be like that with that baby and that mom? I don't know. I'm not here. I'm not the judge of that. All I'm saying is when you click the send button of your consciousness, the send button of your thinking, the send button of your words, that send button. See, we have the send button of our consciousness at our hand. When you hit that thing, it, you, you can't get it back. So what you can hope for is neutralizing the energy of it. So when we, sh when we step in to excuses, so what does an excuse look like? Let me just have, you know, excuses. When we step into excuses, stay with me on the X because that's what happens. It literally X's out any potentiality you have for that thing you most want to achieve. 
And I'm serious about this. If we're looking at the Olympics, you know, that many people are looking at now, you know, you can clearly come up with a reason why somebody lost a race. Was it the wind? Was it bad luck? Was it any of the, but what was it? Was it that thing you didn't think was going to happen, but then it did? You know, was it, you know, your boot? Was it your skate? Was it that? Was it this? Was it all of the above? What was it? If there is a rationalization or slash an excuse, how do you think that affects that next great thing you want to do? That's the question. Every previous act leads to a current moment of energetic expansiveness or not. Every future act opens up the door for every thought of the present moment that you wish you would have had. Any part of our lives that has to do with a rationalization and excuse for something that has very little to do with who we are and what we've done within ourselves, we will not be able to see the parts of us that are so longing to grow, accelerate, and shine. And that's today, you know, what I look at when I look at all of the athletes at this Olympic, the people that are winning, the people that are not winning, the people that are there to support other people. You know, what is it about that? I know a lot of people right now um, are really focused on the ice dancing for a minute, you know, those skaters, and really talking about the Canadian team who probably skated their last dance and celebrating them. And yet you can't help but look at the video and the picture of the French team that absolutely blew the doors off any kind of scoring that had to sit and had to wait and had to fully accept the results. And so that's really what we're going to be doing. You know, this is a time to like accelerate, raise up, and move forward in the most exquisite and expansive way we can. Now, I want to just end up with this for a minute. I'm not saying that we don't grieve. I'm not saying that we don't take time in our lives to really look at the event in our lives and the moment. What I'm trying to say is that for all of us, please choose acceptance. Because if you do and you choose acceptance, it will open up the doorway for all of those things that the universe wants to provide you with. And that's really the message. That's, Benny, that is the crust-busting message of the day. Oh. That's it. Oh. That's it. No excuses, right? None. Uh, easier said than done? Right. Easier said than done. You got it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How are you doing in that arena with the excuse thing? I, I have to work on it every day. For me personally, it's very yeah. difficult at times. Yeah. Yeah, because you and I work with people like 24-7, right? Mm-hmm. I love people today. I didn't always love people. Honestly, growing up, this is what my life in my 20s looked like, Benny. Give me a good movie or give me a good softball game 
a good bar to go to to celebrate after, a whole lot of rowdiness and Pat Benatar, and I was like a happy camper and doing it 24-7. <laughs> I'm sorry. Better yet, give me a little bit of the Donna Summer and the disco and then ask me to work overtime on a Saturday after I'm rolling in from New York, just leaving the club to show up, fall at, fell, sleeping on the side of the water fountain as my boss shows up to open up the door. Yeah. What a difference a couple of decades make to life. I can laugh at that uh, now and, and think about all of the angels that I've had in my life and say thank you for all of you out there that decided to put a hand out and help me up. And today, Benny, that's what I'm committed to. You know, can I put a hand out there? Um, I'm going to end with this. Um, I've shared a little bit with all of you about my healing journey. And one of the things that I realized is that I learned a lot from losing the capacity to not manage and control my body. I, I think that when that happens and you're sane of mind, that the only go-to that we have is a spiritual practice and a willingness to not let it become our story. And I had no idea in my life that because of that malady, let's call it, that it would open up a door to the possibilities of what I do today and what I love to do. I also didn't know that it would open up a door for myself and people like Dr. Darvish and Dr. Ronnie over 10 years ago and Susan Green to become key uh, uh, spokespeople for Lyme disease and, and beyond. I also didn't know that it would open up the door to creatively look at disease and provide a forum for how to educate and inform people through fun ways. You know, so all of you are going to hear much more about our Exploding Ticks game that we've create, created, a video game and a board game. We're going to ask you to help us with crowdfunding so that you're going to be able to see these really cool characters pretty soon in a video. And we're going to ask you to help us get the word out so we can develop funding to actually develop the highest type of virtual reality game and technology we can. Besides that, associated with this is going to be an app, and it's going to be the first of a series of apps that will help people use preventative measures for things like Lyme disease and then cancer and then other diseases. But how does that come about? It comes about when we grieve in the world of what's happening to us now and hold the place of service to other impossibilities. Nobody know, does that better than Dr. Darvish and Dr. Ronnie Deleuze. You know, these are two women that have dedicated their entire lives to looking in the closet in places that other doctors, other people have not wanted to go or possibly couldn't go. And have said, I'm here to help everyone. Dr. Darvish just put up a brand new website, drdarvish.com. Dr. Ronnie Deleuze 
is one of the few doctors these days that makes house calls clear across the country to work with people that are suffering, that can't get out of their house, that can't do those things. And together, the three of us are planning something very special, hopefully to change the narrative on wellness, including an entire channel on Transformation Radio called the Well, you know, the Well Health Channel. So why is it that we want to do this? Well, one of the things I'll say to you, it's because of all of you guys out there. So this is how you're going to help me. Email me, send me messages, Facebook, whatever it is you need to do. Tell me what it is that is going to help all of you thrive in life. Please, please do that. Send it to live at the drpatshow.com. That's live, L-I-V-E, at the, T-H-E-D-R, patshow.com. And tell us what it is you want us to do more of and how you want us to provide you with what you need. And you're going to be the first in the community we're building right now that's going to shed a light on how this world can create a new narrative on thriving. Everybody out there, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for inspiring me to be better and better and better every day. And Benny too, right, Benny? You got it. Yeah, that's it. Uh, We're going to tag team it, get ready now for our good news segment. And for all of you out there, what I want to say is don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. I know you got an extra little bit of juice in the battery. Pump it up, share it, and rock on. We'll see you next time. Oh, all clear. Any negative thought you have drains your energy by 30%. 30%. I don't know about you, but if left to my own devices, my mind can come up with some wildly unsupportive ideas. A rabbit hole of negativity. Yuck. My life is busy and I bet yours is too. Losing 30% of my energy doesn't work for me. I need all the help I can get. My name is Audrey Michelle, and I'm the host of Rewired Life Radio, as well as a spiritual growth coach. I want you to be operating on all available energy throughout your day so you can show up as your best self. Don't you? Get my three quick energy shifts for regaining lost energy. Simply go to AudreyMichelle.com tips and download it for free today. That's Audrey Michelle spelled M-I-C-H-E-L dot com slash tips. Choose the new earth on the Cornelia Stephanie show. Tune in each week on Transformation Talk Radio as Cornelia takes listeners on an odyssey of higher consciousness to inspire, educate, and empower. Cornelia guides people on the path of self-healing, peace, and liberation. 
The Cornelia Stephanie Show is your catalyst for anchoring heaven on earth on a global scale. For more information, go to CorneliaStephanie.com. Tune in to the Psychic Professors Show, the Voices of Spirit Radio, with international medium and spirit artist Dr. Susan Barnes on Transformation Talk Radio. Featuring a variety of spiritual topics such as psychic art, spiritualism, EVP, psychic development, and mediumship. This hit call-in show provides listeners with breakthrough wisdom to enliven and enlighten their lives. Visit spiritartgallery.net. Tune in each Friday, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. Who's ready to rock 2018? Want expert assistance to ground and clear your energy and raise your vibration? Hi, I'm Wendy Rose Williams, Certified Spiritual Teacher. Call 425-502-0362 to schedule your free 15-minute consult to learn how a one-hour soul wisdom healing session, full-day regression healing, or 90-day energetic boot camp can help you with the next big thing. Visit wendyrosewilliams.com to plan your magic carpet ride with me. Your happiness is your choice on Natural Peace Radio. Follow Sarah Van Ryswick as she addresses the power of emotions. Each month, Sarah covers different topics as she helps listeners activate their energetic spark and create powerful energy and amazing opportunities. Manifest your desires with Natural Peace Radio. For more information on Sarah and her work, visit naturalpeaceliving.com. Hey, everyone. This is our good news segment. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, many of you have heard me talk about my own family history, how I lost my mom, how I lost my dad, and what we are faced with today when it comes to heart disease. That's why we're bringing the best and the best to all of you today to find out what we can do to lower our risk for heart disease, but more importantly, what is it we know and what don't we know? I'm so thrilled to introduce all of you to Dr. Clyde Yancey, joining me here today, Chief of Cardiology at Northwestern University Feinberg School of Medicine. And there's a lot more that is at the end of his name as well, but today's show is all about you, Dr. Yancey, thank you so much for joining us here today. Um, Dr. Pat, I'm delighted to be with you, and I love the name of your show, Good News. Let's really talk about yeah. good news here. Yeah, and you know what's so cool about this? You know, many people know that folks like you, you are dedicated to getting the word out. That's what we've been doing for 15 years. Um, I think we don't know very much as the average American about heart disease. Now, I know that there is a huge body of work now, but average everyday folks like me, we kind of don't know. I want to ask you this question. In the history of your life and studying this, what have you seen in terms of changes and things that we should be most mindful of today? So, great way to start and I'll give you two specific answers. The first thing I've seen has been the power of insight 
and knowledge. There has been such a profound change in the number of persons dying from heart attacks over the last five decades, 50% decrease, at least half of which is attributable to individuals like you and me adopting different lifestyles, reducing our exposure to tobacco, eliminating tobacco, paying attention to our diets. And we still have a burden of disease, but the first observation is we've seen the benefit of being more aware. But now the second observation is this. I've been in the business 30 years, Dr. Pat, and I've mm-hmm. seen how there have been improvements in the risk of death. I've seen how heart attacks have such robustly and routinely good outcomes now compared to when I was an intern. But I'm also seeing something that disturbs me, Dr. Pat. I see more yeah. and more children walking around that are obese. I see more and more states in this country where obesity is hitting the 30, 35, 40% threshold. And I'm realizing that all those gains we've seen in five decades where the risk of death has fallen precipitously. No other disease, Dr. Pat, no other disease can say they've seen a 50% reduction in anything. But in heart disease, we can say that. But I'm seeing that those changes are at risk because as we see more and more obesity creep in, we see more diabetes, more hypertension, and then the disease burden ticks back up. And what bothers me most is that it's happening to our young adults. So two different mm-hmm. perspectives, but there is a there is a lifetime of observation that yeah. I'm sharing with you. Yeah, and you know, this is the most important part of, I, I think, the conversation for so many people, uh, Dr. Yancey, and, and that is when we say young people, most people say, ah, uh, uh, he's talking about like, you know, Mary who's in her 30s. I just want to be clear about what we're talking about here. We are talking about children, and I Absolutely. think that's what's shocking. Absolutely. And the other thing that I'll tell you is that that young expression, we should really say young because it really needs to extend yeah. several decades because the people yeah. in their 40s, they should expect to live another four or five decades. But you know what? That won't happen if you don't think about these lifestyle changes. So the good news here is that many, many more of us can qualify as being young and can maintain our youth by incorporating these important lifestyle adjustments. And so rather than fearing disease, which is never enough incentive to change anything, we can embrace the opportunity for decades of healthy living, enjoying the people and the circumstances that mean the most to us. So that where young goes from truly the young children out to people in the middle ages. And we're talking about maintaining youth. Yeah. I, I want to ask you this question because I don't think we talk about it enough yet. In the United States, our culture is completely bombarded with conversations about moving the body, moving the body. Let's call it exercise, but it doesn't have to be exercise, moving the body. Um, Listen, what is it when we think about, yeah, I'm changing nutrition, but doesn't the body need the fuel of movement as well? So this is a really brilliant conversation to have, Dr. Pat, because what we have to appreciate is that you are exactly right. 
exercise intimidates a lot of people. I personally exercise because I enjoy it, and those who do know exactly what it is that I'm talking about. But for many people, it's frightening to put the clothes on, to go to the gym, to pay the extra money, etc. It's about physical activity. Can you just get up and move a little bit more? Can you actually walk for 20 minutes a day? Who can't make that happen? No one's counting distance. We're not even counting steps anymore. Just be active. Give us 20 minutes a day of mobility. But the other thing to remember is that activity is not a cure. It's not an elixir. It's not a panacea. You can't walk 20 minutes a day and then eat half a pizza. You really have to incorporate activity into a global lifestyle that's about moving your health forward and not backwards. Mm -hmm. Uh, Look, here we are, and I I was watching the, the news, and this giant rocket took off into space, the largest rocket ever. Boom, there it goes. And it's got some interesting, weird car attached to it. So here's my question. We're seeing technology 24-7. Those of us that are in this digital age, we've got our phones, now we've got some other devices. Let's talk about the promising new digital aspects for heart disease uh, you know, in development. Because I think this is part of the conversation too. No, I couldn't agree more because in today's world, um, it is ironic that for something as important as health, we still depend upon the one-on-one in-person conversation. The most I can see someone is maybe three or four times a year. So what happens to the other 306 days of the year? This is nonsense to not find a way to be more actively engaged and engaged with people about their health. So let's Mm -hmm. go one by one examples of how we're beginning to see the benefit of digital technologies. Many offices and hospitals have electronic health records that are interactive. So a patient, a citizen, can introduce or post queries or questions on a protected site, and a nurse provider or physician provider can see that question and sometimes in real time provide the answer to that question so you're not waiting weeks and months for the appointment, then hours in the waiting room, and then a few precious minutes in the office hoping to get all your questions answered. You have much Mm -hmm. more real-time access to information flow. That's one example. All of us know about wearable technologies. Originally, because we wanted to count steps, that's kind of fun, but maybe not that helpful. But now we know that wearable technologies can help us identify regular heart rhythms. In the near-term future, likely measured in months, maybe a year or so, we'll be able to use wearable technologies to detect blood pressure. Imagine what Mm -hmm. happens when we can get real-time information to the healthcare provider, to the physician, to the nurse provider, and say, this is what my heart rhythms have been like. And you can say, oh, well, that's just a skipped heartbeat. No worries. Change your lifestyle. Or that is something we need to do more things about. Here are my blood pressures at home. Okay, we do need to treat. Or you know what? We don't need to intensify therapy. And that's just the beginning. There are technologies now that will let us get an EKG just with a smartphone and know what kind of experience you're having. And part of what excites me about the future is think about telemedicine. We now have a situation where someone who may be having a stroke in an ambulance can be evaluated via telehealth, telemedicine from 100 miles away by a neurologist who says, yes, that's a stroke, start therapy now. That therapy prevents the consequences of a stroke, something we would all fear. 
but we can reduce that consequence. That's pretty remarkable stuff, and it's just the beginning. As we introduce more technology into medicine, we can expect many, many more great stories and great opportunities to be realized. Yeah, and you know, you're part of an organization that is really uh, beyond even the, the the leading edge. You know, we're talking about the Cardiovascular Institute. We're talking about the work that you do. We're talking about what you get to see. But the other part of this, I think, is what you get to do about it. Uh, a term that many people don't want to hear, but it's worth mentioning, is this Every time I hear a word with hyper in front of it, I want to think that my alarm button should go off and I should ask myself, what does that mean? And I'm really referring to today, you know, when we're looking at something like hypertension, when we're looking at stress, when we're looking at, you know, ways that we can monitor these things, but yet people, people don't realize when we think about this, they don't realize that any of this, Dr. Yancey, is related to the heart or heart failure. Well, that's exactly right. And the best way to start this conversation is to state two different truisms. Mm-hmm. The first is that as you and I are having this conversation, Dr. Pat, mm-hmm. there are 100 million people in this country with high blood pressure. You pause for a minute and think about that. 100 million. That means that if three adults are together anywhere in this country, one of the three of them probably has high blood pressure. Here's the second truism. If you are 50 years of age or older, you have a 90%, 90% chance of developing hypertension over the rest of your life. And so this conversation isn't a third-party conversation. This is an mm-hmm. inclusive conversation. It's about all of us. So the first thing is we should realize that every one of us is at risk for hypertension. But the yeah. second thing we should readily understand is that that risk is not inevitable and we can modify that risk with something other than medicine. Sometimes medicines are necessary, but important lifestyle changes have been proven to really change the experience of high blood pressure. So no one should avoid the awareness that they may or may not have high blood pressure. And everyone should know that we're continually at risk, but we all should be reassured that there's simple things that can be done that can substantially Mm -hmm. lower the blood pressure. Yeah, you know, part of this now is we're seeing people out there that like Bob from The Biggest Loser, you know, the least likely candidate to have anything going on with his heart. But we're seeing now these folks become spokespeople. Um, Let me thank you so much for what you do and the team uh, that you have that is dedicated uh, to helping those of us that have lost loved ones and ourselves at various points have been at risk. What is the best way for people to find out more about you, more about your work, and more about this topic? Well, thank you for your kind words, and we are deeply invested in research and discovery. At Northwestern, you can find the content that we're discussing this morning at our website, nm.org forward slash radio or northwesternmedicine.org forward slash radio. And please avail yourselves of the American Heart Association online resources. We've helped to develop those as well. Very robust, very informative. All of this is intended to help you. I hope that in some of these resources, you can find Mm -hmm. the information you need to do the right things. 
Well, and I want to thank you because many people don't understand that, you know, in your own right, you are leader in the field, Dr. Yancey. You are, you know, to, to even have chief of anything in front of your name, but chief of cardiology is, is so important. You're making some of the most critical decisions, life-saving decisions, innovative decisions, research decisions, and you are in the forefront. Now, couple that with your courage to get on a radio show 24-7, 15-minute interviews, show up as your best every time. I'm telling you, you've got to be the rock star of cardiology. So thank you so much for all that you do. Well, I'm going to give you my very humble, uh, kind thank you, but nobody's a rock star. I just, just work hard and believe a lot in what I do. That's okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, you so I much, studied- Dr. Pat. Yeah, you bet. I study psychology because I can't sing a note. Thank you, Dr. Yancey. Hey, everybody, (laughs) we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to our good news segment. You know, uh, you have heard me talk a little bit about passion over the past 15 years doing this show. But one of the things you don't know is that I'm not the only one talking about it. Today, joining me, Michael Gonzalez, Senior Vice President, Small Business Banker Manager, Bank of America, is here to talk about a fabulous survey Uh, a new survey. And what you're about to hear today, folks, may surprise you, but may not. Michael, great to have you. Welcome to the show. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. So, uh, you know, one of the things we talk about here on the Dr. Pat Show, uh, our tagline is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And so we talk about a lot of things. We cross generations. And yet, We have these misunderstandings, but you have done a survey, and the survey I find very interesting. Can you tell us what you surveyed and how it affects Seattle? Absolutely. So this marks the fifth edition of Bank of America's Better Money Habits Millennial Report. Specifically, the report looks at how the millennial generation approaches money and also delves into topics related to work and family finance. So what's most interesting from a national perspective is that millennials are better at managing money than common stereotypes suggest. And they're just as good or better than older generations when it comes to money management habits like savings and budgeting. And Seattle being an oversampled market, Bank of America pulled out some of the most interesting findings for millennials. And in some cases, storylines really mirror that national storyline. However, in many cases, they're distinct and unique to this particular market. You know, I, I I love what you all are doing. Um, and, you know, this is, I think, our second or third interview with Bank of America. And I want to ask you a question. This obvious and conducting surveys like this obviously are on the forefront and at the top of the list for Bank of America. Uh, I would like a little background for our listeners about what the vision is for Bank of America to continue to do surveys like this and and why this is important to bring this to uh, the public. Bank of America conducts reports like this and studies like this so that we can get a pulse on how millennials are approaching the money matters specifically because we've designed what's called better money habits. It is really with the goal of helping people make sense of their money to ultimately lead better, to ultimately lead better financial lives. And it's not just about learning, but it's also about doing. 
So, you know, we're really mm-hmm. starting to see some of the positive signs that, that the Better Money Habits program works with respect to the users and, and, of, and of those users, 44% of them are young adults. So really what they're doing is they're growing their savings, they're reducing debt, and millennials really were also the early adopters of Better Money Habits. So it's really all aligned with each other. Mm-hmm. I just want to say for those of you listening, uh, if you hear the words better money habits, please go to bettermoneyhabits.com. And I'll say that throughout this uh, conversation right now. Um, I want to take a, a, a little sneak peek at what some of the results are. Let's take, uh, you know, what are the more common results? Meaning, what are the results that when you ask people, they showed up and said that are kind of pretty in line, I would say, with the general population. Then I want to talk about what are some of the surprises. Absolutely. Relative to their national peers, there are three areas that really stood out for Seattle millennials. And the really interesting thing about this is that I really identify personally with them because I'm an older millennial. But 72% of of Seattle millennials say that personal interest or passion is more important than the size of their paycheck. That's compared to 56% nationally. The second piece is Seattle millennials are more likely to stress about their finances relative to their national counterparts. We've got one in three Seattle millennials often worry about their finances compared to one in four nationally, which absolutely makes sense because big decisions like buying a house are magnified when it's also located in a really expensive market. Lastly, the stress is leading to planning and action in Seattle because 67% of millennials are saving and 65% of them have savings goal in mind comparatively to 57% nationally. And most impressively, 70% of those Seattle millennials who have a savings goal, who have a savings goal actually meet it. So you can't tell them a stats guy by all that. So, you know, I'm not surprised. I mean, you know, on our team, our age ranges on the Dr. Pat Show and Transformation Talk radio team are uh, 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 20s to 68 on our team. Uh, that's 68 years old, so don't pass out right there with that. But, you know, that's, that's a big gap. And what I find is that we have a lot more in common than the public thinks. Are you finding new things or are you finding reinforcement for what were once known as the more traditional better money habits? <laughs> it doesn't feel new. It, it feels very, it, as I mentioned earlier, with respect to it's not just mm-hmm. about learning, but it's also doing, you know, spending and budgeting are not, they're not, they're not, I mean, they're age old concepts. The, the, the spending and budgeting yes. tool that we leverage in Better Money Habits, you know, really just helps track where money is going and it's, it helps set priorities. This isn't new. It's just from a proactive perspective with all of the educational resources online, you know, we're really, we're really allowing our, our, our the folks that are taking advantage of it to to do mm-hmm. and become more proactive in their financial planning. I want to ask you this question because a lot of times we talk about the impact of stress and worry on the show, right? Um, and uh, are, are millennials worried? Are they worried about finances? Are they worried about money directly? And how does the you know Pacific Northwest Seattle folks compare to the rest of the population when it comes to worry? We, we compare, we, we definitely stress more. So, you know, really one, one out of three Seattle millennials often worry about their finances and where that shows up Mm -hmm. specifically is, is where Seattle millennials are trying to do better in saving. So 
in Seattle, the cost of raising kids is top of mind. And I can tell you as an older millennial myself, I'm already, you know, we're we're already saving up for the child education. 32% of older millennials in Seattle are already saving. And and so you can chalk me up in that category because my wife and I started a 529 plan for our 19 month old in December. Wow. And, you know, uh, part of this, too, is there are very few people that know really across the country. They look at us. You know, I grew up on the East Coast and my New Jersey friends, my East Coast friends look at Seattle and they just say, oh, you people are just way out there. But they don't understand the dynamic of living in Seattle. They don't know that, you know, an apartment in Seattle versus apartment in Jersey, believe it or not, is higher. And so we have different kinds of worries, don't we? But despite that, um, underneath it, money here may not be the number one thing that, that, that millennials are looking for. It's not, it it really, I think that's the thing that's most surprising to me. We, you know, we grow up with, you know, the idea of being successful and we often attribute the size of our paycheck to being successful but I was surprised to see that 72% of Seattle millennials say that personal interest or passion is more important than the size of their paycheck. And, you know, you, when you think about yep. that, you know, decked against the, the fact that Seattle being a challenging city to live in because the cost of living is so high, you've got, you know, we, we've been really blessed on the other hand with strong job performance and higher paying jobs, which of course is attractive to millennials. So it's an interesting dichotomy we see. Yeah. You know, what I love about this is that, you know, on the one hand, people that may be listening in the Pacific Northwest of this for this interview, they may be saying, yeah, of course we are. But people across the country that also may listen to this interview don't quite understand the culture here. This is a creative culture. I moved clear across from Jersey, grew up in New York, New Jersey all my life, moved to Seattle, and all of a sudden I got creative. And I think it's just part of the culture. I think it's part of the energy here. But more than that, there are some trends here uh, that may be different nationally and may be similar. What are some of the trends now that you're seeing as millennials aren't at the the youngest of the pack right now? What are you seeing? Are they changing or are they staying consistent to who they are? It appears that the remarkable thing for me is that the stereotype of irresponsible financial behavior of millennials seems to be more fiction than fact. So from a trend, mm. from a trend perspective, it really would appear that they're much more focused on saving and budgeting and being proactive. And that's really where money habits, that's really where better money habits comes in play. So it, they really seem to line up with each other. You know, uh, I know we only have a few minutes left here, um, but there's a lot of information on bettermoneyhabits.com for people out there. Um, Let's talk about if we have folks listening to this, whether the millennials are listening to the show or the parents or the grandparents of the millennials listening to the show. I want to ask you, what notes do they need to start taking now (laughs) as they're listening? about steps that uh, these young adults can take so that their future is absolutely passionate and abundant. Specifically under the Better Money Habits umbrella, we've got educational resources online, but specifically when we're talking about being proactive and matching up passion with preparation, the spending and budgeting tools are personally my favorite 
as far as tracking where my money is going and then ultimately helping me set priorities. So I would say that specifically, and then as well, the content on Better Money Habits also includes advice for simple money management techniques. So you don't just have the tool, but you also have advice on how to do saving, what the right budgeting plan is. And I think those are my two favorite parts about how Better Money Habits can allow people to take control of what their financial situation is as best as they can. Also, there's great video series on careers in which we developed in partnership with the Khan Academy. And when I think about finance and I think about money management, the, these video series really offer a, a transparent look at money and the workplace through a voice that millennials actually trust, which is their peers. You know, as you look for the future, one last question. Um, you know, you're working in this arena day in, day out. I want to ask you, you know, what do you see as the vision? You know, what is Bank of America looking for? And what are they there to support as the population grows, millennials grow, uh, and the new generations come in? Uh, what's your personal message for folks today? What's most important about what we're trying to get accomplished is where we're, we created the various tools that we have, but, but organizationally, we, we have a goal of, of helping people make sense of their money so that they can ultimately lead better financial lives. So Better Money Habits is simply a, it's a metaphor for what we're trying to get accomplished with our, with, with our with clients, with customers, um, with really anyone who is interested in learning and doing. And, you know, really what we're trying to do is have a pulse on how, you know, various generations are approaching those money matters. And when we think about what people are saving for, they're saving for things that allow them to create, to create better peace of mind, emergency funds, retirements, and vacation and travel. So we're just trying to align what we can do with what the life priorities of, of people are. Awesome. Thank you so much for bringing this forward. Thank you uh, for, uh, as usual, for providing information so people can stay aware. Now, there's much more information, right, at bettermoneyhabits.com. Is, is that correct, Mungo? Awesome. All right, bettermoneyhabits.com, everyone. Michael Gonzalez, everybody. Thank you to Bank of America for keep bringing this information.